Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. Green County Garage Doors, door and opener special, 85 bucks. Comprehensive package that includes maintenance, lubrication, adjustment, thorough inspection of your garage door. We're at a time where people are a little nervous about big ticket items and many people who in the past would think nothing of upgrading uh, worry about, well, we need to see how things are going to go. I think we go through periods of time when we deal with uh, the economy and the overall quality of life diminishing when it comes to the economy. But I think generally because of the fact that we've always come out of these things, Americans in the beginning of the Biden administration with the inflation thought, well, this will be short-lived. We always come out of this stuff. And you had the administration falsely claiming that it was transitory inflation, that it was just going to be a few months. (laughs) Oh, remember those days? What fresh lies we were told. Either that or they're incompetent, one of the two. And I think what has occurred is that many Americans, they, they now look at it and they're like, we don't know how long we may, will we ever get out of this? Um, has the administration, because this isn't an administration that says, oh gosh, we were wrong with our approach. Uh, The Inflationary Reduction Act and trying to artificially force this green energy, EV, renewable energy stuff, uh, square peg, round hole. uh, You know, we, we were wrong. This has backfired on us. They are doubling down and telling us everything is wonderful. It's fantastic. And so I think with that, a lot of Americans are fearing that if there is not a change in leadership, that things are going to continue to get worse. And we're not just going to magically come out of it while we are forced to endure the same policies of this administration. So the point being is there are a lot of big ticket item people that are all of a sudden going, "Eh, I don't know, maybe we better wait. And if that's you, then you definitely want to take advantage of that maintenance from Green County Garage Doors. Two to three times the length of your garage door system. You can extend the length two to three times with routine maintenance. So for 85 bucks, comprehensive package, maintenance, lubrication, adjustment, thorough inspection of your garage door. That's Green County Garage Doors. I recommend you do it. Smart money. Smart money. Wise. You can find Green County Garage Doors online, social media, or under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. An anti-Hamas billboard put up by a Jewish organization in New Jersey has been taken down after police received more than 100 complaints about it. Because, you know, we shouldn't be so mean to terrorists. The sign displayed on the side of Route 80 in the Bergen County read, quote, Don't be naive. Hamas would chop your head off too. And of course they would. It's pretty remarkable. The vast majority of Americans, particularly those on university campuses that are outwardly supporting Hamas, are many of the first that would be executed, that would be tortured, that would be eliminated from the human race. And this is what that billboard noted. But because people complained, people that are sensitive to the characterization of terrorists as being bad guys, resulted in the billboard being taken down. 
This is yet again an example of many that we have seen over the last couple of weeks that validate my position that we are less prepared, willfully more naive, more naive isn't even the term. Uh, we, are, we are more detached from reality, living in a fantasy world, than we were on December 10th, 2001. At least on December 10th, 2001, we did not have September 11th to look back on. We did not have December 10th, 2001 to look back on and go, remember when we didn't understand how terrorists behaved? Remember when we thought that war fit within this very specific confined definition? Remember when we only evaluated threats based off of this structured formula of war that we had been accustomed to? And then September 11th occurred in 2001, and we recognized that, oh, wait a minute, there's a different kind of war. And here are a people who have been at war with us for a long while. We just ignored it. They were so clear about it, they openly called for the death and destruction of our country. They tried to topple the World Trade Center buildings in 1993, attempting to do it from the bottom with an explosion that they believed would cause one of the towers to buckle and topple into the other, taking it down. I mean, th there were numerous clear, they were very, very clear that they were at war with us, yet we just refused to believe it, refused to acknowledge it. The difference between then and now is we have that hindsight. We have the, some of the, quote, leaders of the Islamic world calling on all real Muslims to kill all of the rest of us. A, a border that has willfully, deliberately been left open in which people who are from countries on terror watch list have attempted to, and I'm sure some have successfully come into the United States. We have hundreds of people in pockets, usually connected to or on universities in this country, openly supporting the terrorists. There's video of a high school in San Francisco in which students are marching through the hallways, calling for the Jews to be driven from the river to the sea. They chant. Billboards being taken down so that they don't make Hamas look bad. This idea that we would never be caught off guard again, the terrorists are screaming even louder about what their plans are now than they ever were on September 10th, 2001. And we have an administration and we have university campuses and we have so many of these, I mean, even a few members of Congress that are giving aid and comfort and encouragement to this activity that we know as terrorism. Springfield's Talk 1041, latest news update. Good morning, everyone from Color 10 Studios. I'm Angela Luna.
A Springfield teen is dead after being thrown from a car and run over on I-44. Highway Patrol says the crash happened just after 3 a.m. Sunday, northeast of Marshfield. 18-year-old Madison Bell was a passenger in a car when the driver ran off the right side of the road, hit an embankment, and flipped over. Bell was thrown out and landed on the road. Troopers say a car hit her and did not stop. A high school student was attacked after a football game Friday night and police took a juvenile into custody. According to officials, the attack didn't happen on school property, but in a statement they say, quote, the safety and well-being of our students and staff are our top priority. We encourage parents to discuss any concerns their child may have with our counseling team. The Lamar Police Department is investigating the assault and have confirmed that no current football players were involved. The injured student is said to be in stable condition. From Colorton Studios, I'm Angela Luna. Got the first alert forecast from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by Navond. Employee benefits that work. Sunny, a high near 80 today. Tonight, a 20% chance of showers overnight, low of 64. 76 tomorrow with a 40% chance of showers, a slight chance of rain. Wednesday afternoon, then partly sunny with a high near 78. Congressman Burleson next. I'm Nick Reed. building company the brand new subdivision if you've not driven by it you can drive by it without going in it i drove by it the other day it's golden and weaver it's the woodvale subdivision you'll see the nice aller uh, sign out front and they have builder incentives right now so if you have held off because of the interest rate situation or just again the biden economy uh those builder incentives may uh, you know, tip you towards going ahead if you are needing to buy a brand new home and you are a brand new home person, not looking to remodel, you want a new home. They've got up to 3,100 square feet, three to five bedroom homes. And of course, with all our building company, their showroom floor, it's all in one place for you to pick the innards and even outers of the house that makes it a home, gives it the feel, the look, the touch that makes it your home. All our building company, O-L-L-E-R. And we've got Congressman Burleson with us last week when we spoke. Jim Jordan was looking to get a second, I think, vote, if not a third. I believe it was second. It was going to take place after our conversation. Uh, you had worries if it wasn't going to happen, what that would look like, if that would mean Democrats essentially uh, having the upper hand and picking the next speaker. And now we've got, I think, nine candidates, but maybe a few more since I've been on air. They seem to keep adding. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, what are your thoughts on how things have played out? Good morning, Nick. Um, this is uh, what I saw happen to Jim Jordan was the swampiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, I watched um, the previous week. I think we talked about it where they tried to maneuver to try to stop him from getting the votes or at least going to the conference vote, the, the uh, vote that we have, because they knew that that the conference would be with him. And when I say they, it's the appropriators. So I think we, the one good thing is that we've smoked out the deep state appropriators who, <clears throat> you know, they're, whenever, before I ever ran, I, like many people have always been frustrated that the Republicans take over and then they don't do, they don't actually right. cut spending. They just act like Democrats and, and claim to be Democrat light. But the question is, who are those people or what? Right. They all kind of hid amongst the conference after the votes from last week. We now who know who they are, at least some of them, because they were willing enough to, to step forward to vote against Jim Jordan and expose themselves. And and it was all the appropriation. It was not all of them. It was many of the people 
who were on appropriations were the ones leading the charge to stop Jim Jordan. And why? Because this is a guy who everyone knows does what he says he's going to do. And they can't have that. So Washington, D.C., and the lobbyists and the deep state took down Jim Jordan because they knew he would do what he said he was going to do. I continue, as I'm sure you do as well, to hear people, well, people, some of which are well-respected by conservatives, uh, continuing to go all the way back and saying that this is all the fault of Matt Gates and those other Republicans. Look at, at what they've caused. And, um, and my assessment is, whether people like him or not, uh, to me, the cause of all this is a Republican Party that has refused to cut spending, that has refused to do the things that they have have said they're going to do. And while some can legitimately argue that the timing wasn't right, that he, Gates and Cruz should have held off or this wasn't the best way to go about it, that he should have had a backup plan. You know, the, the tactical components to this, I think reasonable people can argue. But but this isn't it's it reminds me of when Margaret Thatcher talked about people complaining when uh, the government spending spigots would cut off. You know, don't blame the people that are trying to get back to the fiscal responsibility. Blame the people who are fiscally irresponsible that got you addicted to it. And and I think that this blaming of Gates is misplaced. The problem and the source of all of this problem is a Republican Party that has these these folks that are wanting to continue to spend just as much as Democrats are. I, I couldn't agree more, and I would not. I wouldn't have known who they were and, until last week. And so, if there's a silver lining, it's that hopefully now their voters know where they stand. I know that many of them went to the microphone. This is what, what's really interesting. They would go to the microphone and complain or yell at Jim Jordan for the hateful phone calls that they or their family were receiving from constituents. And it's, it reminds me, it, it reminds me of the, of the drunk driver who hits, who blames the tree for being there right. when they hit it. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's true. Well, I do hope that the voters and that in their districts do remember this. They do see what they're dealing with. I saw a posting that touches on what you mentioned that, and they posted that every one of these individuals that were against Jim Jordan were either appropriations or they were um, big supporters of funding for Ukraine, and they worried that the spigot would, at the very least, not go. Um, w without some sort of oversight of Jim Jordan was to be speaker. And they were areas that Biden had won. And so, um, you know, the, 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 I just hope like you have noted here that the people in those districts, at least there are outside, whether they're PACs or whatever, make sure come election time that it is very well known how they voted and why they voted the way that they did on this. Uh, I want to ask you, Tom Cotton recently said the deal that this this hundred million that tethers together Ukraine and Israeli funding in which a majority of it isn't going to Israel uh, that Biden spoke about from the Oval Office last Thursday. It's dead on arrival. A lot of people that are voters have asked, can he do this? Can can Biden force them to be together? What is the landscape with this request and with funding for Israel versus Ukraine? So I think that um, just 
negotiating a path, you got to realize like this administration is posturing that they, because they know that the house and the Senate are going to want to fund or support Israel. And so uh, even though Joe Biden doesn't want to do it, and he's probably going to, we could call him out and we could have that fight um, on Israel. Mm -hmm. He certainly doesn't want to fund the border without sending money to Ukraine or or we're not going to get him to actually fix the border Mm -hmm. unless we can get, unless we can bait Biden with something. So I would, at the end of the day, I think the border is the most important item. uh, Our border. And, and then I would support Israel um, with the money that we, honestly, if we could fix the border, we'll save enough money nationally to afford any kind of aid to Israel and or Ukraine. But of, of the two, I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of continuing to support Ukraine. Right. As I have voted against it every time it's been on the floor. But if it but I will say if it means getting the border actually fixed with the, then, then I'm willing to talk about that. Now, I suppose that this is somewhat moot until back to the previous talking uh, discussion point here of a speaker because we've got it there's got to be a speaker or did, was permission given to the pro tem to go ahead and allow I forget did they give that permission so that uh, f- that things can function no. okay so that was not given well uh, let me ask then back to that because th- that obviously has to be fettered out with these nine that are in there is there any sense that well I heard some said I think a handful six of them or so said hey we get behind closed doors. If we don't get that vote, then we'll support whomever does. Is there a sense that there is a front runner and are any of those nine actual conservatives, fiscally speaking? And if so, do they have a chance? Yeah, I'd say of of the group, there's probably four that are the front runners. Um, and uh, so let me, let me kind of put it this way. The, the, McCarthy vote, the main mm-hmm. vote is gonna is now falling to Tom Emmer, who is the current whip. Um, when you compare his voting record to many of the people who are up there, he's one of the most liberal members uh, that's running um, in his voting record, and um, and Donald Trump hates him. Uh, he and he hates Donald Trump. So, but do not underestimate the power. <laughs> and the size of the moderate members of the conference, if that makes sense. Okay. So the, the, they are likely to vote for a Tom Emmer. Then the rest of the conference, the rest of the candidates are all divided. A lot of them are divided by conservatives. So you've got some people that are running that have no chance whatsoever. And then you've got about three conservative candidates that are running. And they include, I would say, um, Byron Donalds is the, probably the most conservative. And then you've got um, Kevin Hearn, who's right there with him, and then probably followed by Mike Johnson or Jody Arrington. So, the- I, I mean, I, I would love it if a Byron Donalds or a Kevin Hearn could ascend. And and so the goal is try to figure out how to maneuver that. Now, when you mention, let's let's – Look at Donald's here as being the most conservative. How did he compare? Does he compare to Jim Jordan? 
Um, we're talking about less than two percent. Okay. All right. So, so people. On- so I ask that because people. I know a lot of conservatives like Jordan. So, it's, so this would be yeah. a a, um, a palatable or even welcomed alternative. Right. Like when okay. I when you look at Don, Byron Donald's scorecards from American Conservative Union and Freedom Works and all these groups, he's scoring usually ninety eight percent. When Jim Jordan's Jim Jordan is famously scored a hundred percent with in the it. American Conservative okay. Union. Uh, we're talking with Congressman Burleson. Last question, and then if there's anything else that you have, because of everything that's gone on with the uh, speaker fight and, of course, the uh, terrorist invasion of Israel, the the Biden corruption. Um, is getting overshadowed. I know that there are still bits of information that are coming out. Comer had revealed recently the the direct payment of two hundred thousand uh, dollars from uh, Jim Biden to his brother Joe on the same day he got two hundred grand from uh, some interest. Uh, wh- where do things stand now in terms of just new revelations and? investigations themselves of these criminalities or apparent criminalities of, yeah. of Biden. So, okay. So this, this is kind of, this is the, the, the big, the big, um, the, the biggest one, because for the longest time, we, we, we know that Hunter Biden is corrupt. We've known that Jim Biden is corrupt, but the Democrats and, and the media have always said, yeah, but where's the money that goes to Joe? So here is a literally, hard proof evidence of a lot of money that's being transferred to Joe Biden. And it, it was from um, the business dealings of his brother, Jim, with a um, defunct rural hospital uh, company called AmeriCorps. And this, this organization was, uh, I think there's, there's some fraud investigations that have occurred based on what Jim Biden and their activity are. To, to get uh, investors to fraudulently invest in this organization. And so, the, but, but when Jim Biden was hired to, to bring on investors, his, he's, he literally was brought on be, in order to right. use the Biden name to, yeah. to open doors with these investors. Common thing. So, so then the idea is why in the world did on the same day, Jim Biden got a $200,000 check from this company he, he wrote a check to his brother for $200,000. So look, there may be a legitimate loan that's between the two brothers. Okay. But the, but the truth is for the longest time, we have not been able to have a reason to go to court, to get access to Joe Biden's records, his bank records, or Jim Biden's bank records or Hunter to, to Joe. And this, it gives us standing in court to get, copies of Joe Biden's records. Well, and I already know what Democrats will say. The same Democrats that have continued to say there aren't any payments directly made to Joe Biden. They will say, well, this doesn't prove anything. I mean, I've loaned money to my siblings and it, it, it doesn't matter. And I know you know this, but it's just prepping ourselves for I mean, Joe Biden could get caught in the middle of the night counting money that has handwritten notes on it from the communist Chinese for bribery purposes. And we'd be told that that's not evidence. So yeah, ho- hopefully he, he could be, he could be get caught with gold bars stamped in China and they would not, they would say, 
it, find some way of dismissing that. Yeah. Congressman Burleson, as always, great pleasure. Appreciate the update. Thank you, Nick. Have a great day. All right, you do the same. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunshine a high near 80 today, 20% chance of showers. Overnight tonight with a low of 64, chance tomorrow, high near 76, slight chance of rain Wednesday morning with a high near 78. Do we? Is it a Hero's Breakfast coming up this Friday? It is. It is a Hero's Breakfast this Friday. That's right. So if you're a veteran and you happen to come by, Scramblers, or you aren't sure if you're going to, but then you just now decided to come by, you're going to get free breakfast this Friday for veterans. At Scramblers, thanks to Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, Serenity Honors, Delta Roofing, and of course, Scramblers, Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, hunting season is among us, and if you are looking to participate this season and you're looking for a good, reputable gun shop, look no further than my friends over at Quick Draw Gun in Monette. Now, the team down there, they can help you out with anything, whether you are looking to do an ammo restock or maybe you're looking to add to your firearm collection. Whatever the case is, I highly recommend Brad and his team. They will help you out with anything that you need. Plus, also, I would like to mention, if you are a person who is is thinking about purchasing your first firearm and you're not exactly sure where to go, what you have tons of questions, Brad and his team, they're going to help steer you in the right direction as well. I can say that because I purchased my first firearm down there with Brad and Jason and they just did a phenomenal job answering all of my questions and I couldn't be happier with my purchase. Now, if you want more information about Quick Draw Gun, you can head over to ksgf.com, click on the Sarah's Endorsements tab and there you will find all of their contact information, their shop hours, plus a little bit more. I want to welcome uh, Bill Eigel. He has joined us in the past. He is crisscrossing the state, as are a number of others, hoping to get that Republican nomination, wanting to be the Republican nominee to run for governor against whomever the Democrat will be. Of course, uh, Crystal Quaid has thrown her hat in the ring. Some others have teased it as well. Want to welcome Bill Eigel with us and uh, just get a sense of how things are going. Last time we talked to you, uh, speaking of Crystal Quaid, she was one of uh, many that were spreading disinformation online about you with flamethrowers, burning books and stuff. Um, I don't think there's been anything <laughs> that exciting over the last few weeks, but uh, uh, how are things going as you, you make your way through the state? Hey, good morning, Nick. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy Monday. And by the way, uh, I might try to make it down to Scramblers uh, at the end of this week as well. I've joined you for a couple of those yes, breakfasts. Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm have. a veteran myself. So I've, 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 I've had the benefit of those free breakfasts. So that's uh, that's fantastic. So thanks for doing that. Yeah, it's a great um, one. It's, I, it's it's fantastic. You ought to swing by if you're in the area. Yeah, you bet. So it's uh, we're very busy, as you know, running around the state, talking to Republicans. And, of course, uh, last week. We just had the big announcement of our fundraising quarter. You know, what, you know the, when the swamp comes after me, one of the big uh, attack lines they use against me is that, you know, Bill Eichel can't win this because uh, nobody is helping Bill Eichel put together the resources to get his message out. Well, turns out that's not true at all as well. You know, I seem to be the victim of a lot of misinformation, and we just reported a fantastic quarter where we had more than almost 30,000 donors coming together, donating an average of $23 a piece uh, to help me get my message out. To put in perspective how many donors that actually is that were joining up uh, with my campaign, 
My, the next closest opponent, uh, Mike Kehoe, had less than 700 donors to his campaign, and his average donation was $2,000. So while Mike Kehoe and the other swamp creatures down there in Jefferson City are collecting the very big checks from the most powerful special interests uh, in the state, I'm out there getting real checks from as little as a dollar at a time from everyday Americans in Missouri and without Missouri uh, to actually put together the campaign because folks are interested in a message of a guy that's going to go down to our state capitol and start kicking over some apple carts down there. So we're very excited, and we feel like we have all the momentum. The latest polling has come out, has shown us moving into second place. You know, we're, I'm a state senator. I only represent 3% of the state, so we had a, a pretty high hill to climb. But we've now moved ahead of the lieutenant governor in the polling, and everything right now is going our way. So uh, very optimistic, and there's a lot of excitement around the Show Me State. Obviously, um, one of the things that you have, have uh, touted on issues or things that I think will resonate more with conservative voters, particularly when it comes to taxes and, and your stance on those. Um, but as you mentioned, there are a number of other people that also want to uh, be the Republican that is in the general election. And one of the things about Missouri is Republicans, they always say they're conservative. Um, mm-hmm. What is it? Is there anything in particular that you feel really differentiates you from the others? Because that is the first question that voters are going to be asked in this race is of, yeah. of these Republicans that are running, which one do you want to be the candidate in the general election? And, and so what differentiates you in, in that contest? Yeah, let's give you the top three big issues that I have a different stance on from my other two opponents. Uh, one, let's talk about let's talk about taxes, uh, because uh, I've been out there saying we need to get rid of the personal property tax in this state. I don't think that you should have to pay rent uh, for to government on your car every December 1st. I am the only candidate that is advocating an economic plan in this state that will remove personal property tax from the burden of Missouri households. Uh, the other two like to give lip service to, oh, yeah, we'd love to potentially possibly uh, cut taxes one day, but have no plan to doing that. I've been filing the legislation that would get rid of personal property tax while I've been in the Senate for the past five years. The only thing that's stopping that are the soft, weak Republicans in the Missouri Senate that don't want to do big Republican things. So if you want to get rid of your personal property tax, I'm the only one that has an economic plan to do that. The second thing, let's talk about foreign ownership of Missouri. I am the only candidate that is saying that we shouldn't sell one square inch of Missouri ground to any foreign country or entity, whether it's China, whether it's the World Economic Forum, whether it's Qatar, whether it's whomever. I think Missouri ought to be owned by Missourians or at least Americans. My two opponents, <laughs> Mike Kehoe, actually voted in 2013 to, to allow the sale of up to 270,000 acres of Missouri farmland to be sold overseas to countries, including China. And Jay Ascroft's out there saying, well, you know, he thinks the number ought to be 135,000 acres. So I'm the only one saying it ought to be zero. And I'm the only one, as we're unveiling this week, that has a plan to get back the land that we've already lost to countries like China. So another big policy difference. And then the third issue, what about our elections? I'm the only candidate in the race for governor on the Republican or Democratic side that is ready to do what's necessary and get rid of every one of these uh, vote counting machines and ballot machines in every one of our elections and every one of our precincts and go back to the hand counting of ballots that worked so well for the state of Missouri for more than a century. J. 
Jay Ashcroft loves the machines. Mike Kehoe loves the machines. They want to continue to allow our elections to be vulnerable to uh, hijinks. I'm the only one that actually means it when I say we're going to have election integrity in this state. Uh, Bill Igo for governor, and then maybe we'll see you at Scramblers on Friday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, as a veteran, you'll get a free breakfast right there. It's worth it. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. All right, you bet, Bill Igel, everyone. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. Sarah Myers. Thank you. Avis, the car rental company, they created this brand new long-term rental program. And the reason they created that is to kind of bridge that gap between buying a vehicle and leasing a vehicle. There was a report, um, I guess it was a couple of months ago, that the average brand new car costs like upwards of $40,000. And so if you are in the market to purchase a new vehicle, but you don't want to make the mistake, make you know the wrong choice, the long-term rental program might be a good option for you. Now, Avis, they have everything from Chevy Bolt EVs to Jeep Wagoneers to even Ford cargo vans. So they do have something for every single lifestyle. And if you get into a vehicle that you just realize, you know what, doesn't have enough space, it's not working out for me, you can swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program just swing by the avis store it's located off of fort and sunshine you can speak to lauren and of course you can find all of the contact information for avis under the sarah's endorsements tab at ksgf.com i uh, mentioned earlier this story in the news leader amid israeli conflict increased islamophobia springfield islamic center considers safety uh, there may have been that I missed a story I, I, uh, regarding the synagogues in the area. Uh, this morning when I visited the news leader, it, it wasn't there without, you know, again, if, if perhaps a story focusing on the situation that Jewish people are facing. Uh, maybe there was a story, I just haven't seen it, but this is what popped up first and foremost. And the headline itself, you know, the increased Islamophobia, what does that mean? I, you listen to, if you don't know any better, let's say you're in a coma and you wake up and you read a headline like that, you would think that there would be people, there would be you know, students on university campuses uh, supporting the killing of Palestinians. You would think that there were high schools that were having students uh, parade through these schools calling for the death to the Palestinians, which happened in San Francisco, but it was the, you know, death to Israel. You, you would think that uh, you would have these stories popping up of um, I think I saw it was an attorney that worked in the capacity of, of some Michigan or something, uh, comptroller's office that they had to let go because there were um, messages that it, you know were found in which she had messaged a Jewish lawyer telling him that Hitler should have taken them all out. I mean, just some of the darkest, most macabre things. Um, but it, 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 all of these things that are occurring, in terms of a phobia, the inter if you're going to look at actual instances, the Jewish people are the ones that are on the receiving end. Now, that isn't to say that, particularly, let's say, in a country of 330 plus million people, that you are not going to have people who are 
uh, you know, who, who are Palestinian, who are Muslim, that come under some sort of hateful attack. Um, but but the, the, the overwhelming sentiment in terms of protests, in terms of people that are saying vile things about people that should be eliminated. It's the the Jewish people that are on the receiving end of this. I saw USA Today. They had a similar, which the USA Today, they are the parent company, I still believe, of the news leader. So it makes sense that this propaganda is being put out there that is essentially trying to present the real problem being the Islamophobia, not um, anti-Semitism. And there was a, a story they did, and it was similar to this in nature, about the Islamophobia on, on the rise. And they pointed to that lunatic old guy who stabbed and killed the mother and son. I think that was in Philadelphia. Then they gave three other examples, which weren't actually examples at all. One was a sheik, not a Muslim who I think in New York on a bus, mass transit, where people get attacked all the time, and he was wearing a mask, and somebody randomly shoved him and told him to take his mask off and his, uh, I forgot what he referred to it, his head covering, whatever he referred to it as, told him to take it off. It had nothing to do with Islamophobia, but they listed that as an example. They listed CARE, an organization which is an unindicted co-conspirator of terrorism, claiming that they're receiving threats. And then there was one other example of, of it wasn't actually a, a specific instance of anything occurring. And I think anytime you are trying to argue that there is a, 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 um, a noticeable wave of Islamophobia in a country, but you can only find one specific example of it occurring, that isn't really a culture of Islamophobia. You know what I mean? Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean that it's acceptable. I don't know anyone who says anything other than that piece of crap who killed that innocent woman and her innocent child should be put away for life, straight, ranging from that to the electric chair or whatever. I don't know where Pennsylvania is on the death penalty. But everyone's in agreement that guy's a piece of crap. If we had an Islamophobia problem that was so prevalent in our society today that it needed to alter the way people behaved, then I would think there'd be some people that were supporting that guy. I don't see that happening. Yet you have people from Hollywood, and to Hollywood's credit as a culture, there are a lot of Hollywood people that are standing up in disgust at others in their industry that are coming out in favor of terrorism. I don't think there's any major what would be called a respected university in this country that doesn't have a problem with dozens of, of student organizations supporting, specifically Hamas. Look at Black Lives Matter for Pete's sakes. These are organizations like Black Lives Matter that weren't coming out to support the Palestinian people. They're supporting Hamas. Black Lives Matter of Chicago tweeting out a, a, a um, silhouette of a para, somebody parasailing in, which is how those terrorists infiltrated the 
among other places, that uh, that peace concert that took place. I mean, they're specifically promoting and supporting the killing of Jewish people. I mean, that is that is a scenario in which you say, okay, culturally in our country, we've got, they may be small pockets, but they feel protected. They feel validated. They feel comfortable enough in their anti-Semitism that they are openly professing it, proudly professing it. I don't see that. I don't see top Jewish religious leaders calling on real Jews throughout the world to go kill anyone who isn't Jewish. But we see that on the other side. And I referenced earlier the modern-day Holocaust denying of writing stories like the news leader has here, amid Israeli conflict, in, in conflict increased Islamophobia, Springfield Islamic Center considers safety, and it is a way of, it's not necessarily denying what has occurred to the Jewish people, like denying the Holocaust, but it is trying to put it in a context that makes it seem as if they aren't the victims in this conflict, ultimately. In terms of the two parties, the two warring factions, that you are supposed to see it as as uh, something that... The, the Jewish people aren't suffering to any greater degree here, that they aren't the targeted victims in all of this. And they do that by writing up stories telling you it's the, it's the, the Islamic centers that are the ones who are having to, um, you know, locally consider their safety. And the diminishing of what it is that the Jewish people are facing culturally is a form of, you know, of Holocaust denialism, if you will. To try and put it on the same level, when you look just in our own country, the things that are being said in support of Hamas, I mean, can you imagine being a, a Jewish student in a high school? like the one out in San Francisco, and seeing your fellow classmates march through the hallways chanting from the river to the sea? Can you imagine being a Jewish? We talk so much about safe spaces. You have these university campuses where you have Jewish students that are being subjected to student organizations supporting Hamas as they terrorize the Israeli people, the Jewish people? Where is all of this concern about triggering, about offending? Where are the concerns that these individuals have safe spaces? Oh, but you know, what they're going through, it's not that big of a deal. Evidently, if you listen to the way that it's presented in the media, Right now, I know that there's at least one of you listening right now that today is going to explore home loan options. I want a great home loan.com. That's where you start. That's where you'll finish as well. It's the best place for you to go. I want a great home loan.com for all of your home loan needs because you do. Glenn Beck's coming up next. Talk to you tomorrow. I'm Nick Reed.